In today's show, we're talking Oklahoma City Thunder with the host of the Locked On Thunder podcast, Rylan Styles, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We are talking thunder today with Ryland Styles. We've done the fantasy basketball preview earlier today. We're going to talk rotations, plans for this team. It's a wild squad and there's lots of different ways that this can go. This is going to be a really interesting chat. So let's, uh, let's bring him in right now. All right, so here he is now, the host of the Locked On Thunder podcast, Ryland Styles, is here with me. Ryland, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Let's talk Thunder, a team that is, of course, we know the, the trajectory of where they're, where they're trying to head and what their, well, I guess we know what their plans are for this season, but there's a lot of unknowns about how this roster is going to shake out, what moves they could possibly make, and we're going to try and get to the bottom of that. Today, Ryland, the first question I ask all my guests is, what is your projected opening night starting five? on this team, assuming there's no injuries that, we're, that we don't know about at this point. Yeah, I think it has to go with Shea at the point guard, Lou Dort shooting guard. Uh, I don't see a reason why you wouldn't start Josh Giddy and put him at the three. And then Baisley's there. Baisley and Poku kind of go back and forth. Uh, I think that Baisley's kind of the, the veteran that you might put there in the starting lineup, but, but Poku played really well uh, late last year in that starting group. So that's kind of the coin flip for me. And then you start Derek Favors as a tribute to uh, a veteran who's hopefully going to come in and do everything the right way, as every veteran has so far in Oklahoma City. So that's kind of the gist of the starting five, and it's obviously fluid with all these young players. Yeah, now, on this graphic, I just noticed that I screwed it up. I put Josh Giddy's name twice. One of those should be Lou Dort. To me, like, obviously, Shea is locked in there. I think Giddy is locked in there as a starter as well. But there is a lot of different directions we could go. Maybe it isn't favors to start. Maybe they just immediately put Isaiah Roby in there. Maybe it is Pokashevsky who starts over Baisley. It's, you say that Baisley's a veteran presence. He's basically played, you know, half a season more than Pokashevsky because as a rookie, Baisley really didn't play a huge amount. Um so who, who knows? I think personally that Pokashevsky is a better prospect than Darius Baisley, and he should. And we're going to talk more about Baisley a little bit later on. But there's a lot of different directions that this team can go. Again, I don't think there's any debate about Giddy starting. Um, the other option would be Teo Maladon in that position. I believe. I, I just don't see. I don't see them going with Maladon over Giddy. Maladon had that opportunity last season, didn't play particularly well. They could, I guess, play Shea at the at the at the one exclusively and have Dort at the two and add Baisley and Poku together. Do you think there's a possibility they go that direction, or do they believe more in having another distributor um, alongside Shea? Yeah, I could see them going with Pokashevsky at the three and Baisley at the four. Uh, they, they've tried that before last year. They like play, putting Poke with the three. Uh, that's kind of where they want him long term. Uh, so that's a real possibility, especially if they want to kind of limit Giddy to start the season and then put him in that starting group later on. But I think that, as you mentioned, with Teo likely going to be your sixth man, your uh, true point guard of the bench unit, that you really want to see Giddy and Shea play together as much as possible because Giddy's been very open and honest. He's never played with a guard that can do the things that Shea can do. In fact, he says he's never played with a guard before, period. He's always been the guard on the team. And so for this thing to work out, this rebuild to work out, and you to cash in on your sixth overall pick, 
he's got to figure out how to play with Shea, and that's just going to take time. And, and you might as well start that process right now while you don't really care about the scoreboard. Yeah, ex- exactly. That's how I'd be viewing it as well. But they, yeah, they could try and see Poku and Baisley together. And let's get this out of the way now. A lot of people will come to me and, and or, or complain about yeah, position eligibility in fantasy. And they'll talk about, you know, let's let's play Pokushevsky at center. He is not a center. Ryland, he will never be a center. The Thunder don't view him as a center. They view him more, literally more as a shooting guard than as a center. Or am I incorrect in that assumption? No, you're correct. He's not going to play center. He's more likely to play the two or the three than playing the center spot. Uh Sure, you might hide him a little bit defensively where maybe he's just going to be a help defender uh, on that end of the floor where maybe he sometimes he has to rotate down and try to block shots that he was good at doing last year. Uh, but offensively especially, he's not in any way a center, and I don't think he is defensively either. No, he's, he's not. He's a he's a wing. He's a, he's a seven-foot point guard, really, who can play on the wing and play at the four if necessary with his uh, shooting ability. But let's talk about your bench group. We've mentioned a couple of those names already. Teo Maladon, Alexei Pokyshevsky. You've got Isaiah Roby there as the backup center. Now, when we were talking about this offline, you sent me notes. You, you're not as convinced on Roby as a, a sort of a long-term piece with this, with this, uh, with this Thunder team. Yeah, I think that I like Roby as a player. I think that he's carved out a role for himself in the NBA, similar to what Speed did last year. Speed played well for the Thunder, but long-term, he goes to Toronto, and the Thunder don't really want him back. They are seeing that qualifying offer uh, and kind of view him as, as a guy that played well last year, but uh, it was expendable. Whenever you draft a guy like Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who does pretty much everything that Isaiah Roby does and probably has a better three-point shot than Isaiah Roby, uh, it gets kind of redundant, and so, and so you're looking for – who would they prefer? Who would they kind of prioritize moving forward, especially with Roby kind of being a free agent pretty soon? I, I think that Roby's a very good player. He will have an NBA career, but I could see them trending more towards Jeremiah Robinson Earl if he can progress and play the way he did in Summer League. That's going to be really interesting because, again, this this Oklahoma City team is so tight-lipped about information getting out of the front office or what they're thinking or what they're trying to do that like, you can have a projected rotation in the starting lineup and then another Thunder rider can have something completely different and have Roby saying, well, no, Roby's actually our centerpiece here and he's going to play 28 minutes a night and the other guys will, will fit around in that backcourt and Robinson Earl gets scrap minutes or whatever. It's all over the place in terms of how this can play out. It makes it really, really tough. Now, I guess... The other thing we could see is with Derek Favors, and we'll talk about Favors a little bit later on, is that you know, he is just gone within two months. And then it is Roby and Robinson Earl that get all of those minutes there at center. And Mike Muscala coming in as a sort of a, a mop-up guy. The other player there you've got in that list, you've got Kenrich Williams, who, again, is a really solid player who probably should never be a starter, but can be an interesting bench guy. And then Ty Jerome. Now, there is Maladon. There is Josh Giddy. Jerome, I guess, can play a little bit off the ball, but they also brought in... Yeah, Aaron Wiggins is on a two-way as a late second-round pick, but they also signed Vic Krejci, who they got in a trade from the Wizards last season. So, yeah, is there any... Do they view Jerome, who they acquired in a trade from the Suns, uh, the Chris Paul trade from the Suns last season, do they think that Jerome is a guy that that is a long-term player for them? Because some of the other moves don't seem to be as uh, complimentary on his future. Yeah, you know, given the fact that he's kind of the lone man standing from that Chris Paul trade, I think that there's a good chance... They like him long-term. They've they've had glowing reviews of him from Mark to Sam Presti. Everybody publicly has said the right things about Ty Jerome. I, I think that he's by no means solidified, but if I was projecting, I'd say that Ty Jerome's kind of going to be a part of that bench unit and one of those key reserves moving forward, especially this year. You mentioned Vitt, who they believe in, obviously, selecting him at 37 with that trade with the Wizards and, and dumping money to do so, which is rare for a small market. They got Admiral Schofield, dumped his contract for the Wizards in order to get Vitt. But he's coming off that ACL injury. It's been widely reported from Royce Young to uh, Joe Musgrove that, that he's going to be in the, with the blue uh, this season because of that ACL injury, rehabbing from that for at least the start of it. 
And then maybe in the second half, we'll see more minutes for him in the NBA. So I, I like Ty Jerome played very well last year. Uh, I think that he is going to be a, a piece, but maybe not a focal piece of the Thunder future. Yeah, Krejci played, I think, only two games in Europe last season before, uh, before tearing his ACL. So it's going to be a bit of a way back for him. But if you're sweating about the future of Vic Krejci or what his role in the rotation is going to be, I've got a product for you. It is Sweatblock. It is the doctor-created, doctor-recommended product that helps reduce excessive sweating. Get the Sweatblock wipes. Wipe them under your arm. And if you've got a big presentation at work or just your everyday where you're talking to your mates at school socially and you've got these big pools of sweat under your arm, nobody wants that. That is embarrassing in a social situation and a professional environment. Sweatblock can cover that up for you. You put the wipes on before you go to bed, wipe your underarms, you're good. Go to sleep, wake up, have a wash, go to school, go to work, go wherever you're going and Sweatblock covers you for up to seven days. At most, you put it on twice a week and it eliminates this problem of excessive sweating and you can get these now for 20% off. They've been around for ages. You've seen them at Amazon, they've been at CVS, but now 20% off at sweatblock.com by using our promo code Locked On. So save 20%, eliminate the embarrassment of excessive sweating. Go to sweatblock.com and use the promo code Locked On and save 20%. This might also be a familiar thing, whether that's excessive sweating or not, but with the TV, like there's just so many different things. You watch your live sport on one thing. You've got your favorite shows on another one. You watch highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbors log in for another service. It's all over the place. It's just a big, big clutter. Nobody wants that sort of you know, confusion in their life. Well, I've got the solution for you. It is Direct TV Stream, where you can put all of your favorite shows, movies, and live sport all in one place. Best of all, you don't have to buy another device ever again. No more juggling remotes, no more new devices. Everything is there for you. And there's also no annual contract. It doesn't get any better than that. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. Let's talk about injuries, Ryland, because, of course, Shea Gildas-Alexander did not play the back half of the season with a plantar fascia injury. A lot of conspiracy theories and, you know, nose touching. It's like, yeah, yeah, plantar fascia. But, of course, Shea didn't play in Olympic qualifiers for Canada. I don't think there was any, any debate that this injury was real at the time, but maybe the severity was actually as severe as they were mentioning. Is there any talk on Shea's foot, where he currently sits, and any doubt for the beginning of the season? Yeah, I think it was a very real injury. He mentioned how much he wanted to play for Team Canada. He really values that experience and values uh, playing for Canada. So to keep him sidelined for that was devastating for him. And so it was a very real injury. Now, for going forward for this year, there should be no... Uh, hold up or no maintenance needed or no kind of load management needed. Now, he's already playing heavy contested pickup games where I know that it's only, you know, workout videos in the summer, but uh, he's really getting after it, really playing aggressively and playing full contact already. So I would assume he's good to go at his age that he's not going to need to rest on back-to-backs or anything of the sort. He's ready to go full force. We'll talk more about Shay a little bit more in the uh, in the show, but let's get into this one now. Um, Darius Baisley is a guy that you know had a huge opportunity last year, starting power forward. Not many other guys to take shots away, and his efficiency was was really poor to you know, all season. He, he struggled in that role. They were doing doing things with him, or getting him to do things that he wasn't really uh, equipped to do. It helped them lose. I guess it helps their development. But how committed do you think they are to Darius Baisley as a foundational piece? Like I I think that Pokyshevsky is the better long-term option and he should be the guy they're developing. Maybe they can play together. But is Baisley someone they go, well, he, him and Shea and Dort, these are the guys. And now Giddy, these are the guys we're building around. Or is he like, a, if it works, it works, but we're not you know, really committed to him? Yeah, I think that you're right. I think that in the mind of the Thunder, from what we're all hearing, is that Poku has passed 
Baisley and that Poku's kind of the guy that they're going to hold out that hope for of being uh, that that surprise kind of building block. And for Baisley, uh, this is his last kind of opportunity to solidify his future. Now, he's going to be an NBA player. He has that, he has enough talent to stay in the NBA. Uh, but this is going to be the last kind of opportunity for him to take the, the bull by the horn, so to say, and make sure he's with Oklahoma City and not a sweetener in a trade next year or down the line. They have three first-round picks coming in this year again to where – this roster has to get overturned again this offseason if you want to make all those selections, and the Thunder likely do. So uh, the trade market for the offseason next year will be fierce, and so with a guy like Baisley, he's got to prove to everyone that he can actually play. He's the only player who did not progress last year under new head coach Mark Degnott, who's the only player who did not take a step forward. Uh, you can say they didn't use him right, which I would argue that as well because you know, he was mainly used with Mark's system as a stand-in-the-corner and shoot threes guy, which is not his game at all. And if anybody should benefit from Mark's free-flowing, versatile, uh, positionless basketball, it's Darius Baisley, who at his size is a very good ball handler, a very good playmaker, and they just never really used him like that last year. Maybe they will this year. A lot was also on him. He was not very aggressive last year at all. You're seeing in these summer pickup videos, which can only go so far, but he is being more aggressive when playing with Ben Simmons and Therese Maxey and John Morant and other NBA players this summer. So hopefully that carries over to him. He was motivated this summer. If you look at his social media by Shea getting that max extension, he wants to get paid as well. And to do that, you have to play really well this season. So he knows what's at stake for him. Uh, I think that the Thunder like him still, but to solidify his future and not be kind of cast in the pile of, yeah, if we, if we trade him, we trade him. He's got to play very well this season. And I'm not sure how that looks this year. Yeah, he was given like a 22 usage last season and his true shooting was horrible. Like he just, I think maybe that's why they weren't getting him more involved because nothing was going in. He didn't hit his free throws well. His defensive stats dropped off. He couldn't hit twos. He couldn't hit threes really. He just basically nothing went in for him. And he was given the minutes. He was given some shot opportunities and it just didn't really happen. So I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm like you. I'm not convinced that he is a foundational building piece for this team. And I think he probably settles in best as a seventh man on, on a solid team. Um, and maybe we'll see that that switch happen for the Thunder this year as he uh, as he moves into a role maybe equivalent with Poku or, or perhaps even fewer minutes than him. Um, let's talk Derek Favors, who you do think will be the starting center. I do tend to think that's the case as well. But we saw last year Al Horford in that same role. Came in, starting center, played really well. And then the Thunder said, Al, sorry, mate, just don't play anymore. Like, you're done. We're not giving you any more playing time. Now, Favors isn't the level of Horford. But he still is a really valuable player. He can be a really good defender and a solid guy out there that helps a young team build. Do you think that we are going to get the same the same sort of treatment for Derek Favors that Al Horford got? Or do you think that that is going to be dependent on the Thunder, who were, I guess, outperforming their talent level and point differential, and they're getting dangerously close to that play-in situation where they said, Al, just don't play anymore. And if Favors doesn't lead them to those sort of wins that they'll just keep going with him? Or is he just going to be like here for a couple of months and then we'll just phase you out eventually? Yeah, last year was such a weird year because the Thunder net rating was terrible. Their efficiency was terrible. Their defense was terrible. And yet they still won games whenever Al Horford and Shea played. Like they did everything wrong and they still came away with the scoreboard win. Uh, and so if you think that now with another bad net rating this year that the record will kind of even itself out, there's not really a reason to send favors home. With that contract, I think that they're totally different, though. I think that there's absolutely no reason to send him home and just shut him down, Trevor Reza style or Al Horford style. I think that maybe you're stuck with him for you know October, November, but sadly there's bound to be injuries, although you never want there to be injuries. There's bound to be something that happens with other NBA teams to where his $10 million is going to be very valuable uh, to come in and fill a role. So you can trade him, and they don't really want anything big for 
or Derek Favors just be simply a, a move to open up a roster spot and open up minutes. So maybe like a protected second round pick even could get you uh, Derek Favors on the open market right now uh, for the NBA. They're just waiting on that team to want him, and he's a valuable piece. So I think that uh, he won't be sent home to where he's not playing basketball anymore, but they're going to look for options to get him out of Oklahoma City just to open up those minutes and kind of free up this team of, of another veteran. Yeah, I think you're going to get relatively solid production for him for maybe the first two, three months of the season, and then they'll they'll phase him maybe into a smaller role, or he just ends up on, on a different team, which is probably the most likely scenario. People are petrified of the Thunder from a uh, from a fantasy perspective. We're going to talk about that in a second, but I've got to ask you the main question that everyone wants to know, Ryan. What's your favorite flavor of Bilt Bar? I love the cookies and cream flavor of Bilt Bar. It's just incredible. Yes. Cookies and cream. The cookies and cream gang right here together. Cookies and cream is the best flavor of Built Bar. I've got, it's it. It's it's official now. Ryland and me, we are we are on cookies and cream, team cookies and cream. But if that's not your, that's not your boat, that's not the one you want. There's other ones. There's raspberry, there's strawberries, orange, mint brownie, so many different flavors of Built Bar. Plus the limited edition ones they throw out there as well. I think cookies and cream was limited edition at one point. It was so good. They made it part of the regular rotation, put it in the starting lineup as they should. But these bars aren't just delicious. They are also healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, four to five grams of sugar, and four to five grams of net carbs. And you can also get Built Bar at 15% off. Go to Built.com. Find the flavors you want. Get a mixed box even where you get all the flavors in that one box. Put them into your cart and use the promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. And you save 15% off at Built.com. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and save yourself 15% on the best tasting protein bars ever. Football's here. College football has started professional football, NFL. We're a couple of days away from the season kicking off and Bet Online is the place where you need to put all of your football betting action with, uh, with football, if you are looking for whatever that contest it is, whether it's online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest or the world's largest $200,000 NFL, $200, NFL Survivor contest, BetOnline has them open for you right now. They've also got their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the season opener Thursday, September 9th between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, you get your bet refunded up to $25 for new customers who sign up using the promo code NFL100. BetOnline is the best place to bet and on your favorite sports, the fastest, the easiest, all of those things. And whether it's football, basketball, boxing, or even your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers they've got for the 2021 season. BetOnline are your online sportsbook experts. Last question, Ryland. We talked about Shea already coming back from the injury, and people are, are petrified about drafting him because they, they think that he is going to get shut down. With that. We've already you know, dispelled the fake injury situation. You, you mentioned already about their back-to-backs. They have second-highest amount of back-to-backs in the NBA with 14 this season, and people think that Shea is going to rest all those and they're going to sit him down. Now, I'm a little worried that they will be extra cautious with Shea, and any if he does sprain an ankle, if it's a weak return for a playoff team, it might be 10 days or two weeks for him just to make sure he's right after investing $200 million in that contract extension. But do you see any way that they are going to you know, sit him down or limit his minutes in a way to you know, preserve a, a poor record? I, I personally don't see them doing that. I just think they'll be extra cautious if there is an injury. Yeah, it goes back to last year where, like, even whenever he was playing, we kind of over-glorify what that Thunder team was. They were very bad net rating, very bad offense, very bad defense. So all that's going to probably even itself out where they're not going to be overperforming the record than they should be on their production on the floor. Uh, you take out a Hofer, take out the 14 games of George Hill, uh, and this team is not going to kind of find ways to win at the end of the game. Sure, they're going to protect their max contract player, uh, but 
the only time that I would see them resting is maybe uh, to start the year. There's a very uh, heavy back-to-back in five games in in, uh, in seven-night stretch to where maybe he sets out two of those or something like that. Uh, but other than that, the rest of the year, he should be good to go. The back-to-backs are pretty well spaced out, uh, and, and I don't really see them withholding him from those back-to-backs, especially on his quest to the All-Star game uh, because that's kind of the whole point of the season. You, you want to lose games. You want to get a, a high pick. Hopefully the lottery goes your way, and you want to get Shea the All-Star nod. You want to get Shea into that weekend where he values it you value it it's another player that you can add to your long list of all-stars from oklahoma city so i don't really worry about about back-to-backs unless you believe that they can do it again to where they can be a historically bad offense and still win games whenever shea plays because shea just has that it factor maybe then he rests back to bats but other than that uh, i don't think that the nba will be as lenient about the 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 resting and the tanking so to say to where you really only have chances on a back-to-back to rest a 20 you know the 23 year old yeah, look, my, my worry with him is that they just be extra cautious if there is a real injury because he's he's not a player who's going to be out there saying I'm not yeah I'm not playing and he is the face of this franchise. They've committed to him as the face of the franchise. So if he says I want to play, he's going to play. Like they'll be extra cautious with injuries and, and that that's the risk associated. But it's not that they're just going to sit him and not play him for no reason or he's just going to consistently rest every back to back. I don't believe that that is, is any risk of happening. It's more that I just think they'll be extra cautious with an injury and maybe just tack on a little bit of extra recovery time. But when he plays, he's going to be out there playing huge minutes with a huge offensive load. He's going to be doing everything for this team and that's going to be great for that per game production. You just worry a little bit about if they just extra cautious on, on those injuries. But that's, that's something we're going to wait and see. This is a, a very intriguing team. Actually, Roland, before you go, one last question. What the hell's going on with Gabriel Deck? We heard that he was gone and he was signed in Europe and now maybe uh, the old league also not so fast, my friends. Yeah, and then one more thing on Shea is just that you know, he he's a young guy and he's not going to complain about soreness. So yeah, he's 23. There's, there's not even going to be something to kind of go off of with Shea. He didn't want to sit out last year. They had to explain to him, look, Shea, you've literally torn your foot. Like, there's nothing we can do for you. We want you to play. You want to play, but your foot is like, damaged right now and you're not gonna be able to play in the olympics either uh, if this doesn't heal and it didn't heal so like shay's not gonna be the guy that complains about soreness he wants to play every single game and like for the entire game so i don't think that shay will sit at all uh, unless he's got another stab the injury with deck there's been reports of him going back to the euro leagues and then all of a sudden he's no longer going to go back and he's gonna be back with the thunder uh, and the thunder's contract with him is set up to where uh, there is no there was no guaranteed date trigger to where the, like they don't have to make a decision ever they could just kind of waited it out and so I think that they would have preferred him to go back overseas and then something fell through and they said, okay, well, we're going to take you back here. Uh, it was The report was always weird to me because that's not a very Thunder thing to do. And I know that people don't really like to buy into the whole culture stuff in most professional sports, but the Thunder are a very culture-oriented, family-oriented, uh, and kind of want to do right by all their players. And so to bring somebody over during the pandemic and only let them play 10 games because of all the quarantine and go through all that hassle of quarantine last year where – he kept getting pushed back and pushed back for when he could play all for 10 games and say, okay, never mind. We don't want you after playing pretty well last year was always a weird situation to me, but it seems as though he's back. The Thunder have used him in promotional videos as recently as last week. It seems like he will be on this team uh, and, and for the rotation, I'm not sure how he's going to fit into it. Yeah. Cause you would think that you know, Jeremiah Robinson Earl basically takes that role that Deck had towards the end of last season. And yeah, I would think they would prefer to develop Robinson Earl than Deck there. It is an interesting situation. We'll see. He had some moments last year, solid rebounder, but yeah, I'm not really sure that he's an NBA caliber starter or high level rotation player, but we'll see how that all goes. Of course, Ryland, all of the Gabrielle Deck developments you'll have covered for us over on the Locked On Thunder podcast five days a week. So go and check Ryland out over there. Thanks for coming on Locked On Fantasy Basketball with me. 
Thanks for having me. And that will do it for today's show. Don't forget, check out all the other shows that have been released today. Going to have Small Forward Tears show coming out tomorrow as well. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app while on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Leave a comment down below. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.